From Nickelodeon Studios in Burbank, California, this is the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Hector Navarro. Welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is an actor, a musician, and is a voice actor most notably known as Tommy Pickles from the Rugrats, Buttercup from the Powerpuff Girls, Rudy Tabuti from Chalk Zone, plus countless more characters that you remember and love. Whenever the going gets tough, I think we all remember that a baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. And we finally got the legend Tommy Pickles herself, E.G. Daly. Stay in and watch movies, or are you just—I literally no? stayed home the whole day yesterday and just did put work from home because I was—I did a bunch of MP3s, and, but I was like, couldn't get myself to want to go out. It was yeah. just like I was just running around the house from like one part of the house to the next, going, "Wow, look at all that rain! Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's really cool." EG, thanks so much for coming in today. This is fantastic. Oh my god, thanks for having me. It's awesome. How did you get the job? of voicing Tommy Pickles. Let's go way back. Let's do it. I actually um, wasn't even doing voiceover. I was just doing music and acting. And I was doing a play called Tansy where I played a female wrestler. And each round of the play, I was a different age. Cool. So, like, first round, I was a baby, like, (laughs) as a little baby. And then I turned into a five-year, like, "Ah," you know, into a five-year-old and then a 10-year-old and then 16. And so... I didn't really think much about it. I was just happy to do this play because I got to be singing. And then somebody saw me <laughs> and handed me their card and said, you know, you're really good with your voice and you're, you know, you do kids' voices really well. And I didn't really think anything about it. I just yeah. thought, I didn't, th- I was like, oh, whatever. And he said, you should come <laughs> into the office and you should uh, check this out. So I went on one audition for him, which was a one radio commercial, I think, for like a Corey Hart, the new album on EMI. <laughs> one of those, which I booked and I was like, I booked it? Like, I couldn't believe it. Because to me, it was so easy, I didn't even think about it. And the very next audition was for something where they were replacing someone, a boy. And they they said, go in on this audition. And I was like, oh, no, I can't. I'm I'm having my carpets replaced in my condo. I can't. And then my agent that I found at that play was like, no, you should probably try to go. Just go in on this. It's, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I'll get you on the next one. You know, because it was my first two things I'd been out for. Sure. And And then he said, no, I really want you to go. So I thought, okay shoot i i told the people working on my condo i was like i'll be right back i'll be back in 15 minutes okay why <laughs> but i said i'll be back in 15 minutes i'm just going outside yeah. really i just ran to the studio started reading for this little you know they showed me a little claymation of this character yeah and i remember thinking and there were everybody was out at the booth watching me and i was the first person to read and i was glad because i knew i had to run out <laughs> and i was they said we're just you know we want to find the right voice and i remember thinking um, I had been doing this voice since I was a little girl. Yeah. The, always, this one little voice. And so it was very developed. And I was like, that that character looks like that voice I've been doing my whole life, which was, oh, well, baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. And he had some big floppy lips. And I thought, that just looks like that kid I've been doing my whole life. And so I did it. And then the next thing you know, I booked it. And that was Tommy Pickles. It was my second audition I'd ever wow. been on in my life. That and, is incredible. Yeah. That seems like fate. That seems like... It was very fate. Especially because I was just kind of pushing it away a lot. I was just kind of like, no, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. You know? But the universe just kept saying, no, you're going <laughs> to do this thing. And then 14 years later, it was like Emmys and 
stars on the Walk of wow. Fame and feature films. So it really changed my life. I want to go back. I want to ask you, E.G., you mentioned that the voice for Tommy Pickles was something that you had been doing since you were a kid. Yeah. Where did that voice come from? It was, I had a, my best friend, Michelle, and she and I were in elementary school together. And we both did baby voices. And we would just like, <laughs> we would hold pinkies like that. And we would walk around the playground. And I'd be like, I would like some water. I would like a tissue from over there. And I would like, you know, we would just like walk around and do voices together. Like it was, again, one of those innate things like that, you know, notice those things you do that are random because those might be your money makers or those might be your goose that laid the totally. golden egg. I didn't really <clears throat> work at being a voice actor. I'd, I was an actor, so I knew how to act and I was a singer, so I knew how to kind of contort my voice a bit. Mm. But I didn't know how to do cartoons, and I certainly didn't grow up thinking, when I grow up, I'm going to be a famous cartoon. It sure. was nothing like that. When did you know that you were going to be an actor? Um, I think I was um, a musician first. Mm -hmm. I think I was a dancer first, because dancing was something that I didn't feel embarrassed and self-conscious doing for some reason, but I had a real ability to dance, and I was in ballet and stuff, but singing, I just started doing when I was real young, like eight, nine, I picked up a guitar book and taught myself how to play um, guitar. That was my first thing, was, was using my voice and mm -hmm. singing, and then I would just practice singing a lot, and then I studied singing. So I think the voice was something that was a pivotal thing, like I just knew that there was something about the voice, and, you know, which I love, because the voice is the way you communicate, it's the voice you express yourself, it's the you know, it's how you, you know, it's the voice I use for my characters. It's mm -hmm. the voice I use to act. You know, the voice is very powerful. Absolutely. And uh, I also think that, you know, you can hear a lot about the energy of a person in the voice. Like you can hear, like I can usually pick a guy that I want to date by their voice. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I can't date that guy. <laughs> well, gonna be that, that. You know, it's like certain things like throw me but certain yeah. but you can also hear like the whole soul of a person in their voice so i think it's always been something really key for me that's beautiful yeah and then all of a sudden as you get older it's like all of a sudden i become this voice person mm -hmm. and i become someone who you know i speak a lot on different things and that's important to me and then i end up getting on the voice yeah you know later in experience? my life yeah that, that was, was crazy what was that like i mean first of all i didn't plan it it was mm -hmm. just one of those things where you know i just started deciding i was like you know, late 40s, and I was like, I got to start doing what I love again, because I started finding myself not. Mm. I started feeling like, what's happening here? I'm starting to feel like, you know, I'm starting to get caught up in a lot of the beliefs of like, as you get older, you can't do what you love. And right. and I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It's like my kids will get so pissed at me because they're going to be like, that is so <laughs> stupid. You look so stupid, mom. Mom. You know? Yeah. And I was just like, but then again, I had to remember, you know, what am I doing? It's a fine line between the part of you that's like really like this doesn't feel good, you know, right. like you know, and the part of you that's like this is scary and I need to push through this. Tommy Pickles, when we started with Rugrats, it was a fun show and it was an adorable show and it was life lessons and then all of a sudden it would have these moments where it would get so emotional. Has there been a lot of reaction for your performance that you were giving? It's interesting that you say that. I don't really remember that. Normally that's not what somebody will say to me. They'll just say, <laughs> oh my God, Tommy's so cute or right. do the voice or do the giggle or you know what I mean? It's like yeah. they don't normally say that was, you know, 
that was some really moving acting. I don't really think I... <laughs> well, now that's going to cool. change. After they listen yeah. to this, they're going to be like, yeah, I mean, you know what? Yeah. If I run into E.G. Daly, I'm going to tell her I was moved. Thanks. And then I'll say, yes, very cute. Yeah, 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 all cute stuff. Thanks. But I was yeah. moved. It was really great. Yeah, I know when I do it, it feels really uh, moving, you know. And then I just, you know, it feels really moving to do yeah. it. So I'm glad that it that it moves. I'm glad that it moves people. That's what's is it a, Is it a big departure for you to go in and if you were doing an episode of Rugrats or All Grown Up or even one of the films, knowing that this character is more of a cute, childlike character, but then they're giving you a script with this big moment. Is it a big departure for you is it, no. or does it come naturally as part of the character? It's very naturally. I mean, because the character is so down inside of me that it's just being the character. It's not yeah. like I have to work to be that or work to feel that. It just sort of is. What's the best thing about voicing Tommy Pickles? What's the best thing? Because he's such a great character. I think character. he's like, he's not a typical cartoon. Like, for some reason, it's not that interchangeable. And I like that he's so unique. He's so not typical, like your typical baby boy sound. He's got his own little quirks. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and I just think that he just is very simple. You know, he's just very simple. And I, I have to say, it, it really was a combination of, like, the amazing writing and the amazing directors. And we had such an amazing team of people working on the, especially the first whole 10 years first batch of Rugrats. Yeah. It was so meticulous about everything that I think that I got to shine with my little character of Tommy yeah. because of all those elements. You make me like you. You know if I was gonna, you know if I was gonna. You make me hug you and I didn't really wanna just eat a banana. Was it different for you as an actor going to All Grown Up, the series, and the special right beforehand, but the series where all of a sudden they're teens? What was that like for you? I mean, it was definitely weird. <laughs> you know, I was definitely like, I was I was confused with how he looked when he became All Grown Up. Yeah, I was, was like, yeah, what? The hair and everything. It's like yeah. purple hair. Yeah. <laughs> and then the writers the writers changed, and, the, and then, then we were getting like paragraph scripts, and so I'd be like, Tommy's older, but he still wouldn't do that. Sure. Like, he wouldn't do that. And then I'd yeah. have to, like, talk to writers. and Because at that point, we've been doing these characters for 14 years, and now you're coming in, sure. new writer, trying to make Tommy teen. Well, you got to keep Tommy who he was. Tommy who you he was. You just got to make him a little more mature. And you're the character at this point. Yeah, so yeah. they were really good about us allowing us to kind of express ourselves. They were really Very good cool. about that. They were like... Wow, okay. Like, I'm like, he would never do big paragraph speeches. Mm -hmm. He would never do that. Mm -hmm. He's a very simple guy. Mm -hmm. He's older, but he was a very simple guy. Yeah. So then they would work with us on that. But I think then, I think that that's where it just kind of like didn't work as well as they wanted it to sure. because it was too different. Well, we love them as babies. Yeah. We, you know, that's who they are. So you know this character so well. You are this character. Yeah. Well, how do you think Tommy ended up as an adult? I think he's a really chill little guy. And I think he's really <laughs> smart. He's not like me because I'm super ADD. I don't think he's ADD. I think he's super focused. Cool. I think he would be at a job where he would kind of be managing things. Yeah, you know? that makes a lot of not, sense. Nothing Hollywood, nothing in the Hollywood entertainment business <laughs> at all, I think. He would yeah. just be pretty chill. That sounds like a nice, happy ending. That's good. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
When you voice Buttercup from mm-hmm. the Powerpuff Girls, did that relieve any stress for you to play that kind tough? Of, yeah. Buttercup just kind of like blasts it out, you mm-hmm. know. And I might be a little more careful of your feelings, but Buttercup <laughs> doesn't really care. So she um, she just blasts stuff out, which is what I love about that character. Absolutely. Which is what I love about that it lives in me, too. Yeah. You know, that part of me lives in me, but yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to have that uh, aspect of your personality. Yeah. You also did the voice of Baby Mumble from Happy Feet. Yeah. That love that. Great. Love that scene. Yeah. Love that film. It was so great. Is that yeah. the cutest character you've Probably ever voiced? Probably the cutest one, okay. I, I would have to say. I mean, it was, he was just so tiny. Mm-hmm. And especially when in the very beginning when it was just like, you know, it was just as small as I could squish him out of my throat and mouth yeah. and lips and tongue. It was so small. And um, I got that job because I had done Lorenzo's oil for... Mm-hmm. Um, George Miller, sorry. He just changed the world with his last Mad Max. It was amazing. Yeah, he's so unbelievable. Great. He's such a great director. But they hired me first to do Lorenzo's Oil, which mm-hmm. was the Nick Nolte, Susan's Random movie, where I redid the boys' voice. So I got to work with them on that, which was really, really an experience because I'd be like in the studio and I would be lying. I think uh, there were times where I digitally phone patched to him and he would be on this giant screen from Australia. And then wow. there were times where he was in town where he would they would lie me on the floor and then they would take like a boom mic and put it over my face. And then George would be like pumping my stomach with his hand. So he would be on me like as if he was doing CPR. Wow. And I would just be like, ah, you know, because it was like this boy was like retching in pain and stuff. And so, or he'd be like squishing my, he'd be sitting and I'd be standing in front of him like a kid and he'd mm-hmm. be like, squishing my ribcage <laughs> so that he would get certain involuntary sounds out of my yeah, mouth, those, like convulsive sounds. Sure. And then I get a call from him for um, Babe, mm-hmm. Babe 2, Babe, babe Pig two. in the City, which I ended up doing Babe for. So then I worked with him on that, which was great. And yeah. then they called me in on, so it was beautiful because I didn't have to read for any of those and they just That's called great. me in and I did a Happy Feet 1 and then Happy Feet 2. And um, it's a really incredible experience working with them. You know, that is just so cool. like, yeah. And that was my probably the cutest little guy. Yeah, I mean, I did the research, and yeah, definitely the cutest, uh, <laughs> cutest character that you've done. <laughs> I read that you look at characters' mouth shapes. I've never heard of a voice actor doing that. Yeah, well, yeah, I do that. I do. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I do it so much that sometimes I'm not paying attention to people. Like I'm literally like in the room looking at people going. How would she sound? And then just normal people you're looking at their mouths. And I do it all the time yeah. when I'm on panels. Like mm-hmm. people are, I'm on panels, and like there's a few moments where I'm not talking. I'm like yeah. literally looking at people in the audience, going, hmm, "I wonder how she sounds." Oh. Like I literally just like it's a fascination for me because the mouth is such a um, the mouth and teeth and tongue. I yeah. mean, that is really how the the sound comes out. I mean, I could literally, you could probably play me 10 voices and mm-hmm. put up 10 people, sit 10 people in a room and, and could I could probably match the voice to the wow. to the face. That's you, my one of my favorite games. You could have worked for the FBI I could have. in some it's capacity. It's really one of my favorite games. That's it's, so cool. Yeah, like, uh, it's a pretty fun game. I mean, wow. no, probably nobody gets it, but I had a great time playing that <laughs> I, game. I don't know if I'd be good at it, but I want to play it. That sounds it's fun. It's a good game, that's, yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's good can, you, can, you, are, can you do my voice? I mean, everybody's hearing what my voice sounds like, but if you didn't hear what I sounded if like. If I didn't know what you sounded like, yeah. I could match your voice up to your face. I'm going to, okay. Because uh, the way your mouth, your, so your upper lip kind of comes above comes higher than your bottom it's true. Yeah, I know. I've I have like a, I have like a like a Tommy Pickles overbite and a little bit. Your eyes kind of yeah. widen when you speak, kind of like it's true. And <laughs> see, all those things are indicative of how you would sound. Really That's absolutely right. Can yeah. can you would you uh, create a voice for me, or or is that just well, like a matching thing? 
Um, like if you didn't hear I me, I do, but men's voices I can't do mm. so well because that's just. What about a reg- me as a kid? What would I sound like as a kid? You would sort of sound like this, and he would sort of kind of talk like this. And what do you think? Really, that's cool. You know, I would sort of do you like that. That is exactly what I sounded like. (laughs) Who do you want to see? Tommy, Tommy. Who do you want to see? Tommy, Tommy. You've been in so many movies and TV shows, Better Off Dead, Laverne and Shirley, Chips, Fame, Valley Girl. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a big one. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is so cool. You, of course, played the iconic Dottie. What has it been like to be part of Pee-wee's world? I mean, that has its own life, too. It I does. mean, I've literally been walking on a road, a street, and have people running after me going, Dottie, I want to marry you, Dottie. And, you know, I've had more marriage proposals from Dottie than any hot, sexy character I've ever played. And I'm always like, tell me why you want to marry Dottie, because she's not that sexy, and she's kind of tomboy. And they're like, that's why. Yeah, she's yeah. real. And so I like that. And um yeah, that, that had its own life. I mean, that's been like over 30 years. And I know. It's still iconic, and we still do like big premiere screenings. We did this Hollywood Cemetery screenings, and it was like packed with like 5,000 people picnicking wow. in the cemetery. And then we get up and greet the audience, Paul Rubens and I and yeah. Pee and a couple of the other cast members that come. But every year, it's like their biggest turnout. It's so much fun, and I just think it's so cool to be part of something that just sustains, you know. Here's another cool thing you've done, E.G., is you were in The Devil's Rejects. You played yeah. a character named Candy. And yeah. then you were in 31. You played a yeah, character named new. Sex Head. Yeah. Which is great. As an actor, <laughs> yeah, real character's name. As an actor, what is appealing about doing the horror genre? Well, that's a whole other thing. I mean, yeah. that's like you get to go into this, like, you know, that tickly, scary feeling. Like, Ooh. <laughs> you know, like that kind of scary, Ooh, tickly thing. That's a good description. Like, tickly, yeah. scary. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, so it's like... Um, and then I get to dress a certain way, like especially Rob Zombie movies. He's very into the wardrobe. Like he yeah. gets so into the wardrobe that he's like, he's literally in the wardrobe trailer, and he waits for you to go in and out of the the changing room to come out and see everything you're putting on. So he, that he's that specific about wow. wardrobe. That's great. And you know he's a busy guy, but he gets that into like. And he, I love that he knows, like, in those particular movies, he casts people very specifically. Mm-hmm. And he knows, like, my body size and that mm-hmm. I'm smaller and petite. And so then when he picks wardrobe, he usually calculates before he even brings you on the set what he's going to put you in. And and so I really love that because to, to me, yeah. wardrobe is a really fascinating part of, like, acting. It's like it really puts you there. Mm-hmm. The voice does, but then mm-hmm. that's another component. But, like, wardrobe is like so powerful like you know and rob puts me in these weird little go-go boots and these little mini things and these strange <laughs> things and then you know that just adds you know you don't get to dress this like like in 31 i have really cool wardrobe yeah and so normally in life i don't get to do that except for halloween but in a yeah. rob zombie movie it's horror it's off the beaten track it's crazy so yeah. i get to go off into territory that i don't do in life like even in 31 i sort of changed my voice you know instead of like yeah. this voice i did a Hey, sailor, how many seamen you got in that tin can? You know, just like, it's a whole other character, and it's, I get to use the voice, and then I also get to use my body in the yeah. wardrobe. Horror is really fun, and it's just out there and crazy. Do I go to horror movies, and do I watch them? Probably the ones I'm in, yeah, but, you know, they kind of freak me out. They, yeah. They stress me out, but not the ones I'm in, because I I was there filming. So, so you know it's all make-believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. the real ones, I mean, I have a hard time watching that. It gives yeah, me stress. Me too. Yeah. It's an every once in a while thing for me. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, it, my it, kids it, love them, and I used to have to sit with them because they, they'd love them, and then they'd freak, them, they'd freak them out, and I'd be like, why are you watching this then? Yeah. They'd be like, I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yiji, do you have any dream projects that you haven't had a chance to work on yet? I think I would like to try to do like a really funny character on a sitcom. Like just do something like either recurring or something. I just think that would be really fun. I do think I have in me the part of me that is fascinated with things and people and communicating. So there is like a talk show host part of me. Totally. That is interested in like I'm just really interested in people and I'm interested in people's journeys and I'm really interested in people's feelings. Yeah. So there is a part of me that has that in me like somewhere like talk show and I've always loved like Oprah because Oprah is just so fun and she's also she cares, you know, so I like that whole. So there's something about that and then there is just um, I kind of would like to host one of the award shows, like the Academy Awards or the oh, Grammys. Wow. I just think I could do that. It would be That'd pretty be a fun. blast. And do like the big opening music number. I just mm-hmm. think things like that are just so random. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as far as as far as other things, just to continue to do like break out different kind of roles and mm-hmm. probably like to do another Tim Burton movie. Probably like to do another, you know, I'd like to do a Baz Luhrmann musical. Yeah. I think he's an amazing director. Kind of, I think he's an underrated, amazing director. So there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of things. I like characters. You've also done tons of voices for video games. That's another thing yeah. that happens in the voiceover yeah. world is you've done a ton of that. Are you a gamer at all? Do you have a favorite video game? I don't even want to be on my phone, so don't talk to me about games. I, mean, <laughs> I will do the voice, no problem. You know, I will play your warrior chick, no problem. But yeah. I will not. I'm not just, yeah. I don't know when there would be time in the day to play a Ugh, game. There's not enough time. I know. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I hope that I don't. Yeah. That's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> E.G., do you have a particular fan moment or fan experience that stands out, uh, whether it was like at a convention or online or anything? Anything that really stands out for you as being really special or really cool or funny or anything? Gosh, um, there's so many cool fan things. Yeah. I mean, there's so many sweet things. A lot of times, like, you'll have a little connection with someone on on the Twitter or mm-hmm. on whatever, like, private message, and they say, oh, E.G., you moved me because I did this. And then what I try to always do is try to remember who they are, like, mm-hmm. go look at their profiles and see their faces. And then when they walk up to me at a live convention, <gasps> no. and I can give them a real hug, it's really awesome. So, I mean, there's so many. I mean, I have, like, some fans that come all the time yeah. to things, and there's a boy named nick who's um he's like a late probably in his teens and he's this big boy and he's he's, he has autism but he Mm -hmm. i'm i'm his mother's amazing and they come to every single thing that i do that's so cool and um i just i don't know you just grow to have these amazing little connections with people but i especially love when then i go do a signing in chicago or you know i have a bunch of them coming up right now across the country but when I go and I just get to see the people in person and they, some of them cry and you yeah. just want to hold them and it's just really sweet. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a million. There's there a million of those. There's a million. Then there's also the freaky ones. Like there was one guy that was sending me weird pictures and um, <laughs> weird pictures. They were very scary and, uh, and then one day I was doing a movie in San Francisco and I was filming and then I remember just looking up and he was looking at me through between people's faces and I was like, Oh, my God. It was kind of scary. So there are, like, the scary ones sometimes. The Internet's evolving. We're going to hopefully figure it out. We got to squash all that stuff. We got to figure that stuff out. Do you have a little piece of advice that you would give to young people? Whether they are in animation or acting or in the arts or even not, what is if you were just passing by them and you yeah. just had a quick, you know, sentence to tell young people? I say to follow your yes. Like I would say, like there's a little there's a little voice and it mm-hmm. gets louder the more you listen to it, and it's the little voice of you that's like I really like that thing 
I really like that person. I really like doing this thing. Yeah. Because those are like, I tell them the keys to what might make you really happy and you'll be happy doing something you love and then usually earn the most when you're doing the things that you really innately love and are genuine about. So I would just say, you know, try not to get caught up in what people think you should do, but really go in, mm -hmm. go in and find out what you really love and what makes you really happy. And that stands for like people that you spend time with and people that, and I, you know, people that you just, you know, they say, who are your top five friends? Because show me who your five friends are and I'll show you who you are. And yeah. so, you know, hanging out with people that are people that you admire, that are good people, that are doing great things. And then I also say, um, you know, like if you're really interested in something, yeah. like voice work or acting, then I always tell people, like, take courses. Like I took every kind of course you could take. I still do courses sometimes, just even though I'm like I could teach the course. Yeah. I still like to be learning and open and teachable. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to be willing to learn new things because sometimes some young new person might say something I never heard. So I, I'm constantly yeah. wanting to grow. So I would say just be willing to keep growing because that's really that's awesome to be humble enough to keep learning you know it's yeah. good this has been amazing eg thank you so much for coming in and sure. sharing your stories and Thanks. sharing your experiences and from the fan point of view i want to say hey thank you so much for all of your work and uh on behalf of the host of this podcast thank Thanks. you so much for coming in Mwah. Well, we hope that you guys enjoyed our conversation with voice acting legend E.G. Daly. Huge thanks to E.G. for coming down and sharing some of her stories. That was so cool. That was so awesome. And guys, in case you weren't aware, she has got a really cool voiceover acting seminar that you can find on Amazon right now. It's E.G. Daly's Up Close and Personal Voiceover Acting Seminar. We've got the link if you head over to nickanimationpodcast.com along with a bunch of cool behind-the-scenes stuff, including a picture of me and E.G. So be sure to head over to nickanimationpodcast.com for all of that stuff. Wherever you get in your podcast, if you guys want to leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. It helps us out. Thanks to the awesome crew who puts this podcast together. This podcast is produced by Jonathan Highlander, Dana Vasquez Eberhardt, Kelly Smith, Andrew Hubner. Original music by Useful Creatures. This week's episode edited by Josh Caldwell, Jonathan Highlander. All of the incredible social media for our podcast is made by Narbe Manassians, Sammy Armager, David Watson. And thanks to the man who works the controls and makes me sound better than I have a right to. Grava. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Nickelodeon Animation Podcast and keep watching cartoons. Mm -hmm.